T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, everybody's excited because of the World Cup taking place. And joining us now on the John Chuchicola Banker Hotline is somebody that uh, he's been a member of uh, the U.S. national team. His name is Tony Sana. You know the name. And he's joining us here on The Good Neighbor. I know that I'm interrupting uh, some pickleball for you. Are you a good pickleball player, Tony? I'm better than David Zima, just on for the record, okay? <laughs> that I can promise you. Oh, and he was just on the show about an hour ago talking about the, giving away the meals tomorrow. But uh, I'm happy that you're uh, giving me a little bit of time to talk about the, the World Cup. And I wanted to start with this just because, you know, you've, you've been there, done that, man. You've been a part of this thing. Um, when you look at the state of the U.S. team and soccer here in the States, um, what, what do you think are reasonable expectations for us that watch? Um, you say reasonable for the tournament or per game? No, I'm talking I mean, about I'm that, talking about for the tournament. You know, it's it's tough within in the group. Um, you know, if we lost to England and beat Turkey and didn't go through on on goal differential, um, that's reasonable. Uh, you know, us and Wales. I guess it, I think we're a better team, but it depends on the day. Um, and the, mo- the main thing is that, that we can play with anybody. Um, and so we're not getting outclassed or outplayed. Um, you know, I think the Wales game showed that we're a young team and we maybe thought we were a little better than we were, but we had the ball in some in- insignificant areas of the field that didn't produce chances. And, um, you know, that, that ends up to bite you in the butt when things come, you know, crunch time. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, what did you think or make of the performance uh, between the United States versus Wales yesterday? What, what did you make of that? Did you think that we we let one slip away, or how did you how how'd you view that thing? Yeah, I do think we let one slip away. Um, you know, there there are definitely positive things, right? We know we can play with them. We know we're positive. I think we needed to make some adjustments, you know, a little earlier on the coaching thing. And it just shows we we also need like a, a true leader, you know, somebody on the field to take ownership to say, you know what, this is what we're doing from a player standpoint. So with a young team and a lot of new faces, I didn't really feel like there was somebody that stood up and kind of took control of the team and the tempo and maybe was able to, you know, make a crushing tackle and, and say, you know what, here's what we're doing. And, and have the f- full team, you know, buy in. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to Tony Sana here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. I guess for somebody that's a good friend of mine that played on the world stage, um, tell me, what was it like the very first time that you got an opportunity to play for the U.S. Uh, national team? 
you know, the first time I was in, I, you know, I was I was in China and it was just for a friendly game. And you know, I remember coming out of the sub and you know, I ran for like two minutes straight and then I just I I was tired and I felt like I had just run for two days. Your your heart is beating so fast because you've been waiting your whole life for this. So uh, it was it was exciting. And you know, the only other time that was probably that exciting was at the World Cup. You know, during our national anthem where, you know, you know, you're representing you know hundreds of thousands of people um, and playing for your country. You know, the very first time that you scored your first international goal was in a win over Germany, correct? Yes. What did uh, Bruce Bruce Arena, what did he say to you uh, after that uh, after that match? You know, uh, you know, at the time, you know, I played and won a couple of championships with Bruce and D.C. United, and I just transferred to my club team in Germany. So, you know, I, I came back and I was confident I knew I could play with the Germans. And, you know, for me you know, that was a special because, you know, they saw me as the American. And when I performed against them on the, on the world stage, it kind of like um, took down any, anything that maybe they, they were worried about me or called me an American. Like that wasn't as good. Um, and Bruce was confident and, and, uh, and supported me. And he's like, he's like, you know, he's just like that a boy. And he's like, you know, you, you know, he had high expectations for me and he made me have high expectations for myself. So, I think it just it just let me know that, you know, that's what I deserve to be and that's what I need to expect from myself on a day-to-day basis. All right, Tony, so educate me a little bit and give me up to speed on the current state of soccer uh, internationally. Um, tell me who was the team to beat. Tell me um, some things that have surprised you because I know that the, the news of the day is that Saudi Arabia, they defeated uh, Argentina 2-1 to one earlier, and they actually – it's like a national holiday, I think, tomorrow because of the big upset. Yeah, that's the, you know, you know, that's the equivalent of Venezuela beating us in, in basketball in at the Olympics. Um, you know, but you can always bet on Brazil, you know, because they, they have the best players in the world. And, um, you know, I think the Germans are very consistent as well. Um, a lot of people were hoping that, you know, Messi has been playing really great in Argentina historically as a great team. So it was a surprise. Um to see them lose to, you know, somebody not ranked, you know, in the top 50 or, or more. So that's, that's a big upset. You know, the other thing that you learn is just, there's a lot of parody. And so a, a lot of good athletes in the world. And then, you know, Holland, which traditionally has not done as well in the world cup has been one of the better teams in the world, you know, kind of showed that, you know, in the last couple of minutes, that's when it's do or die time. And I think that's the difference between Wales and Holland. You know, these countries have a little bit more experience than us. So, um, you know, they're playing not for show, but for results. And, um, and then you saw that in those big games. Is there anybody in particular, Tony, that I should be uh, looking out for with the, uh, the U S national team, anybody that you think is a rising star and somebody that we should be appreciating right now in the moment? Well, I think that, you know, at, at this point, you know, soccer players, they start so young. So, you know, Christian Pulisic and um, McKinney, I mean, they're, they're young players, but they're already playing on the world stage. So, but for them to really be superstars, is they have to do it day in, day out and consistently. So I would see how those two fare throughout the tournament. McKinney's coming off an injury, um, plays for Juventus, one of the best teams in the world in Italy. Uh, Pulisic plays for Chelsea, doesn't play every day, but he's sort of, like the next crown prince, I would say, of, of the U.S. team. And just waiting to see how they perform. That's awesome. Hey, well, I appreciate the time tonight, man. Have fun. I know that you'll be uh, watching plenty of soccer here over the course of uh, the World Cup and hanging out at Brits Pub a ton. 
I will be. And we're having a viewing party. Come check us out on Friday um, in 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 uh, in St. Paul. So if you get a chance, come downtown St. Paul and, and you'll see us. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. That's Tony Sana joining us here on The Lake Show, News Talk 830 WCCO. Let's take a break. Let's get to Word on the Street. Oh, I, I know. I know. A Thanksgiving edition of Word on the Street. We got some juicy nuggets, I hope, next year on The Lake Show. All right, let's do it. It's time for Word on the Street, people. What's happening? Gossip. Celebrity gossip. Sports gossip. Entertainment gossip. Check. Let's get into it. All right, let's uh, get into it with uh, one of the... One of your favorite athletes of all time, Henry Lake, Antonio Brown. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, he continues to cross the line in his feud with Tom Brady. Now, this time he posted a clearly photoshopped nude pic of Giselle on social media. The troubled ex-NFL receiver shared the image to his Snapchat on Monday, showing Giselle's face edited on top of another woman's naked body. The caption was not included, so there's no explanation behind the decision to take another shot at Brady's ex-wife. The slide was later deleted, but screenshots of AB's post quickly made rounds on Twitter. It's yet another example of AD burning his Brady bridge to a crisp. He's completely turned his back on his former teammate in recent months, despite Brady's continuous support throughout his off-field troubles. Brown has also posted several times about Brady's divorce from Giselle after 13 years together, including a picture hugging Giselle after the Bucks Super Bowl win in 2021. He also went the bad photoshopper out another time by putting his face onto Brady's body as Giselle had her arms wrapped around him. A.B. seemingly tried to expose Brady by sharing a text conversation from 2021 last week, which the seven-time champ called Brown out for acting, quote, like a young, immature man that is selfish, self-serving, irrational, and irresponsible, Safe to say the message did not get through. I, I just, th- this guy, man, he's just, he's delusional. Yeah, I'm not the biggest. He's delusional. Yeah, I'm not a Brady fan by any means, but it seems like Tom Brady, especially, you know, going back to, like, he tried everything in his power Absolutely. To help be there and be a friend and a roommate, you know, kind of help A.B. get back on his feet. And he's, I mean, he's going scorch earth on everything. Tom has done nothing, nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. No. To, to deserve this. Yeah, well, he's done nothing towards Antonio Brown. Yeah. Antonio Brown is just being a tool. And it's very unfortunate. It sucks. And uh, it's, just, it's, it's, it's unacceptable, quite frankly. It really is. It's un- unacceptable that this is happening. Yeah, I, and I mean, this is all Antonio Brown's going to be remembered for now. At this point, like nobody's going to remember his NFL like, being a great wide receiver for a handful of years. Everybody's going to remember all of this stuff. Hey, Amber Heard said her million-dollar insurance policy does, in fact, have to cover her in the Johnny Depp trial and verdict, and she's asking a judge to confirm it. Now, the actress countersued New York Marine and General Insurance Company after they first asked a judge to let him off the hook for the $1 million liability policy she'd taken out to protect her from defamation claims. Now, their argument was based on the fact that the jury found Amber committed willful misconduct in her defamation of Johnny. And under California law, they say that gives them an out in having to fulfill the policy. 
In other words, they believe they're not responsible. Now, in new court documents, Amber argues the exact opposite, namely that New York Marine promised to pay her defense costs and judgments against her up to a million dollars no matter what. (laughs) Now, that's the unconditional deal she claims they struck with her, and she says they haven't lived up to their end of the bargain. She says she's trying to, uh, that they're trying to wipe their hands clean. They're turning their back on the agreement, including breach of contract, among other claims. Still, the fact the insurance company pressed the issue now, she's met them on the field and asked a judge to require the insurer to pony up. Amber just got to hold the L. I'm sorry, she's going to have to hold the L. It's, 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 it's not going to work out in her favor. I'm sorry. I just don't see, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. You think it's gonna work? You think it's gonna work out for her? I don't. No, th- this reeks of desperation by Amber Heard. I mean, right now everything is, as they say, it's coming up Millhouse. It is not coming up Millhouse yeah. for for Amber Heard. It's not good. Yeah, I don't. Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know this next show. All I know is that it's on. It was on USA after Monday Night Raw. That's the only thing I know about. Chrisley knows best, but apparently the future of that show is up in the air following Todd and Julie getting their lengthy prison sentences. But the network has already has some episodes in the bag that will air next year. Now, sources say no official word has come from NBC Universal on the future of the show yet, despite reports Monday the show getting the axe. Apparently, a handful of episodes were shot prior to the trial and will air sometime next year. The crew didn't film at all during the trial, which started back in May. Now, sources say it would obviously be very challenging to continue to film the project with both of them behind bars. But yes. No, you know, it's kind of obvious there, but no, no <laughs> word on if the series is getting 86. I'd be a hell of a job in post-production. I mean, that would be amazing. Now, as reported, the judge gave Todd 12 years in prison after his conviction Oof. for bank fraud and tax evasion, while Julie was sentenced to seven. It's funny. We know others that have uh, allegedly committed tax fraud haven't heard anything from it, but hopefully we will soon. They both also will have 16 months of probation. They were found guilty on a slew of federal charges back in June, and they were holed up in their Nashville mansion. What a shame. On house arrest as they awaited sentencing. Now, if things don't work out with a new network, they could always make a cameo on 60 Days In. Oh, boy. Yeah, I we had heard for some from uh, for some time that they were in some issues mm-hmm. that they were going to uh, potentially be looking at jail time, and now we know. I guess Chris Lee doesn't know best. That, I said I, I didn't say it out loud, but I said that last night when I was at the Wolves game and I saw the story. Yeah. I was like, "Oh boy, that's yeah. exactly what I said." Too. Man, you know, it's sometimes you know, find out mode activated right now. And they, they so you're saying they messed around and found they out. They messed around and found out. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to. Well, I guess I don't want to. I'm, it's a scary story here, like that. That Absolutely I saw. Absolutely scary. Yeah. That Kobe Bryant's 19-year-old daughter is scared, and so is the LAPD. They say a stalker with a criminal history involving guns been doing everything he can to find her. Ugh. Natalia Bryant beelined it to court yesterday to get a restraining order against 32-year-old Dwayne Kemp. 32-year-old stalker of a 19-year-old girl. Yeah. In the documents, Natalia says Kemp attempted to contact her two years ago when he was 30 and she was 17. She says he's under delusion that they have a romantic relationship. Natalia says she's never met her otherwise, even had contact with him. Now, she said she's done everything. uh, He's done everything he can to find her ever since. And she's living in constant fear. He showed up at her sorority house at USC. 
And sources with direct knowledge say he allegedly showed up at one of her classes, was roaming the building, and it gets scarier. According to the documents, he's in the process of buying at least one gun. The documents say the sale is imminent. Docs go on to say he's threatened to buy both an AK-47 and a fully automatic Glock. Now, this is, and just to top it off here, like, the docs say Kemp is a gun enthusiast who has been arrested and or convicted of at least four crimes, including one involving firearms. Now, Natalia claims the man once sent her a DM with an image of her late father, Kobe, and wrote, quote, thankful for him birthing you. Hopefully, we can birth him another Kobe, adding a red heart to the message. The docs say he had the hopes of having, quote, a Kobe-like child together. The LAPD is involved in the case and clearly wants a restraining order in place. She's asking the court to order the man to stay at least 200 yards away from her, her home, her job, her school, her sorority house, and her car, and the judge has yet to rule. This is, uh, first off, I hate this story for for the Bryant family and Natalia that she's even having to deal with this, this, this. Nut job. Yeah, thank you. The judge has yet to rule. Rule right now. There's nothing to wait for. And by the way, the docs say the sale of him purchasing a gun is imminent. Imminent. How, how is anything imminent with this guy? He shouldn't be allowed to have a gun. Be he's a stalker, yes. and he's already had issues with involving guns. This is this is what's wrong with our country. No, I'm dead serious. I don't want to hear from any uh, gun rights owners out there because I'm not talking about take your damn guns. No, this person should not have a damn gun. I don't care how you slice it. I don't care that it's that it's necessarily Kobe Bryant's daughter. It could be your daughter yeah. that's listening to the show. This should not be happening in our country. It's unacceptable. Unacceptable. All the warning signs are there. Yes. Everything is there. This is going to end badly for someone. Stop this. Yes. The judge has to stop this. Ban that sale. Do something about it. It's just... It's unacceptable, this man. Is, this is... This is... Re- this, this is where everything... Yeah. It's... Every like to me, everything is just laid out there. Yep. And like all of the warning signs do something. Like if we can see it, certainly they should be able. The to world see it. can see it. Yes. I I feel so bad for her. And you're right. Just because it's Kobe da- Kobe's daughter, it could be anybody. Yep. It's, I don't care. I don't care whose daughter it yeah. is. I don't care if you live in Andover. I don't care if you live in Blaine. Daughter, I don't care son, what, whoever. I don't care if you live in Kazakhstan. It doesn't matter. This should not be happening, man. No, it shouldn't. All right, that's going to wrap up Word on the Street coming up next. It's a short week. Thanksgiving game on Thursday. The New England Patriots. Let's talk to Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, on the Lake Show. <laughs> uh, all right, welcome back to the Lake Show. News Talk A30WCCO. Maybe Matthew Collar alerted um, Christopher Tubbs that he, he likes the Fugees. I'm a fan of the Fugees. Are you old school Fugees fan? Matthew? Oh, you bet, man. Uh, she, there's one line where she says, they pinch my hips to see if I still exist. Oh, wait, who says? Somebody says that in that, in that uh, song. It's like a hot line. Great uh, song. I'm not, uh, I'm not familiar. I, 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 I can't say that. I know the you lyrics. You know that song? I, I, no, I know the song. It's radio. Not, but I don't, know, I don't know the lyrics to the song. But, but, but I like that you know the lyrics. Oh yeah, no, that was one of my favorite songs. Oh, this is the end. I mean, this was a banger, but but I, you know, I'm not the lyricist like you are. But hey, l- let me ask you this before we talk some Vikings football. Um, what is your favorite 
dish or favorite thing when we talk about sitting down and eating for Thanksgiving? I'll tell you the truth, Henry. This is uh, something Uh-oh. I don't. Uh oh, controversial with. take it's coming. You, it's just you and I on the phone, right? I don't sure. really care. I don't really care. I'm just. I don't really care about Thanksgiving all that much. I mean, it's it. it growing up, we went to my grandma's house. I didn't ask you whether you cooked. cared about it or not. I said, "What is your favorite thing to eat at Thanksgiving dinner?" It does, it, it just doesn't really matter. Like Thanksgiving no, food. It, can, wrong. Hold on, hold on. In scene. Let's try this again because you are not going to be worse at this particular question than Alex Smith when I was in Kansas City and he said to everybody in Kansas City, turkey. He's a big turkey guy. Like, that's not the answer, Alex Smith. You got to come better than that. that? Oh, he got roasted. The entire city was out. That's so, that's so bland. That's so, oh my God. Oh, I, I like a little turkey. I like a little turkey. <sighs> well, I, I mean, my take is hotter than that, that I don't care for much of it. Pumpkin pie, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I'll take that over the damn turkey take. Oof. That was like, really? we could. I mean, I feel like that. Oh, he got roasted. I mean, it's just a very common. Yeah, it's too common. It's like, it's like you're a cornball. You're too lazy and lame to say anything other than turkey. Like, oh, mix I it see. up a little I bit. I see. You know, said that that was that was what everybody everybody everybody's like. You're that guy, like man, a little pizzazz. Like, take me back into the bedroom. Is it that spicy in the bedroom or lack thereof? You know, what I'm saying it's just it's just kind of funny. You ask somebody on a, on a, on an interview, and and he said to our afternoon drive guy, oh, well, you know, just a little turkey, turkey. You know, just give me some turkey. Like, give, just give me some damn turkey for 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 Thanksgiving. Come on, man, give me better than that. Yeah, but I feel like I, I get where you're coming from, but I feel like uh, being a little aggressive. I mean, it is kind of it is it is Alex Smith, like the guy who avoided turnovers, like that was his main thing. Yeah, maybe so. we were asking, maybe we we're expecting too much from Alex Smith. Maybe that's all that it was. But I I think that in in the city of great barbecue and and you know you talk about all the meats and then he just like you know just a little and he wasn't even like. He was it wasn't even like a strong turkey like oh man just give me some smoked turkey it was it was like eh, he was like hemming and hawing over turkey it's like who hems and haws over turkey but anyway I'm making it too much of a big deal let me ask you this speaking of making it too much of a big deal do you think that the Vikings fans response to what happened on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys is an overreaction, or do you think that the, the way that everybody's kind of talked about that game and the way things played out, do you think that it's that that's the correct reaction? Well, um, I don't exactly know what the reaction is. I'm sure that some people wanted to downplay it, and I'm sure that some people wanted to completely freak out. I think that you should be closer to freak out than downplay. Um, not because I think the Vikings are going to miss the playoffs or anything. I mean, they are so far ahead in the race that that would be almost impossible to do. Uh, but when you look at how it happened, so there's different ways to lose 40 to three. Let's say that you had a, a ball bounce off somebody's helmet and return for a pick six, and then you got a field goal blocked or something like, right? Like it was a bunch of random turnovers. And then you just said, well, look, whatever. That wasn't a bunch of random turnovers. That was a really good defensive line from a playoff team that absolutely mauled your very mediocre to bad offensive line and also concussed your 
best player other than Justin Jefferson. Christian Derrissaw has emerged as a superstar, and he got knocked out of that game, and then it was over from there. And then who knows when Derrissaw is going to be able to come back. I mean, that's a major, major problem. Uh, Andrew Booth Jr. got his, what, fourth injury of the year, and he might not play. He didn't practice. So now they're going to be down to Duke Shelley as their starting corner. You know who's behind him? Nobody. I mean, Perry Nickerson, I believe, is the next man up, and he's on the practice squad. Like, if, if you're looking at that as not only did you get whooped in, in, like, regular football scenarios, just our offense versus your defense, your defense versus our offense, no randomness to it, that's concerning. But then the injuries that they come out of it, that's concerning. And also when Justin Jefferson comes out and says, yeah, I would have liked if we had actually adjusted during the game, and I'm paraphrasing there. He didn't say it exactly that way. But, I mean, that, that's not what you want to hear, right? Like, uh, that, you, that doesn't sound like everybody was kind of on the same page with, well, this, this happens sometimes. It seemed like maybe there was some frustration that they didn't go to quick game more often and start getting, getting the ball out quicker. And, you know, if Kevin O'Connell can't figure out a way to deal with this really bad offensive line without Christian Derrissaw, they're going to lose a lot more games. So I think that you can come out of that and go – yeah, it does happen, and yeah, there are blowouts that happen in the league, but this is a problem that could sustain itself from week to week of not being able to protect us. You know, one of the things that was, you know, <laughs> there were so many things that went wrong on Sunday, but I think for me the most frustrating just aspect of it was, and you talked about the offensive line, and I know that Christian Derrissaw, he's a, he's a monster, and he, him being out is significant, but just the fact that every time that they were dropping back, you knew Kirk Cousins was in trouble, like it, it, like every single damn time. Like I like I expected nothing out of any pass play in the second half, nothing, because I was like, he doesn't have time to do anything, man. So like th- that was for me at least the fanboy in me that was super duper frustrating. But getting back to Darisaw for a second, how long do you think that possibly he could be out? Because you know we know he's not playing this week. Um, I I would. Man, guess that he might be out like the following week after. I mean, how long do you think? Because being, having back-to-back concussions, that's pretty significant. That's It's scary. Yep, it's scary. Because then you start to worry about the long term with the guy. Not just today, not just this week, next week. You start to worry about the season, the off season, next season. I mean, it's, it's very serious to have that type of uh, impact to your head two weeks in a row. Uh, and so he's definitely not playing this Thursday. I wouldn't guess that he plays two weeks from now. Maybe best-case scenario is three weeks. I mean, the most recent example that we have to deal with this is Tua yep. in Miami. And luckily, he's come back and he's played well. Uh, you still worry about having those concussions for the long term for him, but he's been able to you know, get back to 100%. And so that's probably the best-case scenario for Derrissaw is, we're talking two, maybe three weeks, four weeks down the road. But, but everybody's different with these things, and there is really no predicting them. In fact, the NFL actually tells its coaches to not try to project when players will be back after they have concussions because then it sets like unfair expectations for players to try to come back too soon. Um, so I really have no idea. But I do know that you know Blake Brandle did a nice job in Buffalo when he was sort of thrown into the fire. But now – you think Bill Belichick is aware that it's going to be a backup left tackle? I'm guessing so. And they have the league leader in sacks in New England. I mean, this is this is a scary matchup for this offense because you're, you're not only talking about a defense that gets after it 
You're talking about a secondary that's played extremely well this year, one of the best against the pass in the league. And then, oh, by the way, one of the greatest defensive coaches of all time is coming to the building against this this offense that just got really beat up. And also, it's not just the offensive line. It's also, is K.J. Osborne on the team still? I mean, Adam Thielen, T.J. Hawkinson was pretty much a no-show the other night. They can't afford no-shows from everyone else, aside from Justin Jefferson, because at times, Justin Jefferson will be taken out of games if it's a quarter, if it's two quarters. And every time it's happened this year, they just stop playing offense. And, and that can't, it can't happen. Like, they just can't have any games where he doesn't play extremely well uh, and that they don't get anything from anybody else. So they've got to have somebody else step up at some point. And, I mean, honestly, like, if it continues to happen, then we have to look a little bit at the coaching and say, well, Clint Kubiak got no high fives from any of us last year. But, man, like, a lot of these guys played better last year than they have so far under Kevin O'Connell statistically. And, you know, you do get concerned that there could be this streak that they start to go on if they continue to play like that. He covers the Minnesota Vikings for Purple Insider. It's Matthew Collar here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. Give him a follow on Twitter at Matthew Collar. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the defense. Um, What was your biggest issue with the Minnesota Vikings defense this past Sunday? Yeah, I think it really comes down to the injuries, man. I mean, without Delvin Tomlinson and you go up against the Dallas Cowboys, who, you know, my entire life, you know, you go back to uh, Emmett Smith or, you know, what is it, DeMarco Murray or whatever, they're going to run the football, right, always and forever. The Dallas Cowboys under Jerry Jones want to run the ball. And so you knew they were going to run the ball. And you just got your face beaten by Tony Pollard and by Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott's stat line didn't really tell the story. I thought, I thought even though he's kind of washed, he was still smashing forward for three, four, five yards. And guess what New England's going to do? Guess what the New York Jets are going to do? These teams are going to run the ball. Uh, if Delvin Tomlinson isn't back, which I don't expect him to be, or at least at 100%, uh, one of the really brilliant things that Dallas did was they put in two tight ends and they were like, we're going to run down your face. And they did. I mean, because James Lynch, Jonathan Bullard, those guys were forced to play huge snaps and they could not handle the Dallas running game. I mean, if New England and the New York Jets are smart, they're going to do the exact same thing. And as you go forward, I mean, there's a lot of good running games that they're going to face. I mean, I, I don't, I know that with the passing game in general, they have weaknesses They have injuries, and you're going to give up yards through the air. But if you can stop teams from running the ball and make them one-dimensional, that's where your Zedarius Smith and Daniil Hunter can really thrive. But if they're running the ball and it's second and four, I mean, there's not a whole lot you're going to be able to do. And that's what Dallas did there. And so even though we can look at these next couple offenses and say, well, you know, the defense should really get themselves back together, if you can't stop the run, even Mac Jones, even Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco or Mike White or whoever the heck, uh, you know, Glenn Foley or Boomer Esiason or Ray Lucas, whoever's playing quarterback for the Jets, they can all succeed if their team is running the ball successfully. And I think they have to be really worried about that for Thursday. Give me a prediction, Matthew. What do you think happens on Thursday? Because I'm with you, man. Uh, New England defensively, it, it could be a struggle. Um, offensively, New England doesn't scare me. I, I just they, they are challenged on offense. So I'm interested into uh, intrigued as to, to who you'd like in the game. 
I don't – I mean, look, I didn't think they'd lose 43 to Dallas. So, you know, I'm no, uh, I'm no Vegas gambler here. But um, I don't have a great feeling about this one, man. Like, this feels like Belichick's short week. Their team's coming off a big win with some confidence. This team really got smacked in the mouth. Uh, yeah, they're so beat up. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can pick the Vikings for this one. I got you. Hey, man, happy Thanksgiving, and uh, enjoy uh, the pumpkin pie. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Henry. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, too. All right, thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's Matthew Collar. Uh, check out his fine work with Purple Insider here on the Lake Show on The Good Neighbor. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll wrap up the show here on The Good Neighbor. All right, we got about a minute left. I just want to say to all of you out there, because tomorrow night, no Lake Show. We got Timberwolves tonight. They face the Indiana Pacers. I hope that everybody has an awesome Thanksgiving. We talked to Chef David FEMA earlier tonight. Can be giving away over a thousand meals tomorrow out of FEMA's restaurant, downtown Minneapolis. We all have something to be thankful for. Some have more things to be thankful for than others. I am thankful for the the health that I have. I'm not saying here sitting here saying that I'm 100% healthy. My back is sore right now. My knees a little achy. Um, I have a roof over my head. I have a vehicle. I um, can go buy clothes whenever I need them. Have a little bit of money saved up. I'm very thankful. Most importantly, I'm very thankful for all of you for listening and supporting the show and being here and contributing. And I hope that you have an awesome time with your families here the next couple of days. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night after Wolves basketball. Timberwolves tonight. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.